My name is Blake Huffine, and I'm the pastor here at the Movement Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this message inspires you. hope it grows you closer to Jesus Christ. So let's jump right in and receive the message. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Movement Church, and happy Easter. Today for Easter, as we celebrate our risen Lord Jesus Christ, the day that he walked out of the tomb, left that thing empty, uh, defeated death, defeated the grave, Uh, showed himself as King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, right? Jesus Christ. Uh, To to celebrate that on this day, we're going to talk about why did Jesus have to die on the cross? And also, how did people obtain forgiveness of sins before Jesus had done such? Was it even a thing? That's what we're going to talk about today. But first, before we go into that, let's ask that God would lead us. So let's just go into prayer real quick. Father, we uh, ultimately lift up the name of Jesus today and uh, just celebrate what uh, what God, what you've done for us on this day, what what this means for us, the good news that this is. We thank you, Lord. We couldn't be grateful enough for the price that was paid on that cross. So, Father, we ask that as we go into this study, uh, that you would lead us, that you would soften our hearts, Lord, and lead us into uh, just wisdom, a wisdom understanding of what we're about to read and talk about God. And we ask that you would just lead us, glorify yourself and humble our hearts to receive your word. Uh, so yes, we ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Awesome guys. Let's, let's go into this. Let's talk about why did Jesus have to die on the cross? So uh, to understand the cross and all that stuff, we first need to go back and understand the law. So in the time frame of when we're talking about the Exodus with Moses, God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, right? If you're familiar with the Ten Commandments, this is where they're introduced. Uh, Moses goes up on the mountain. God gives uh, Moses these Ten Commandments, these, these Ten Laws that God knew we would not be able to perfectly keep. It was known that man would not be able to be without sin. Only one man can be without sin. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So the reason that um, these laws were given, there was these uh, the Ten Commandments, there was priestly laws, all those things. There were laws, and God knew we wouldn't be able to, to keep those laws, so there was an opportunity for forgiveness to be uh, given by God for us, a sacrifice that could happen. And so God gave instructions on how to build a tabernacle, which is a symbolic form of the Christ to come. It was a place where the presence of God could dwell on earth. And so once a year, an appointed high priest would go into the tabernacle, tabernacle and then go into a place inside the tabernacle called the Holy of Holies. And it was there that an animal sacrifice was made for him and his sins, for the high priest's sins. And then also the sins were, um, the sacrifice for the sins of the people was given there. So we have two sacrifices being made, one for the high priest and then one also for the people to receive forgiveness for the sins that they had committed against God, for them having broken the laws that God had commanded them not to break, the laws he commanded them to keep. So yes, there was forgiveness of sins before Christ, but it was through these animal sacrifices that happened every year. There was one day, the Day of Atonement, that this thing would happen, that these animal sacrifices would happen. So what does that conclude to with Jesus on the cross? What does this symbolize? Well, these animals that were sacrificed had to be blameless, spotless animals that uh, were were given to God because they were costly. They were very... uh, uh, very, it was a very big sacrifice to give up these great animals, these great um, 
opportunities for income, right? For all these things. They were valuable items in that time frame. So it was a very sacrificial thing to offer up a spotless and blameless animal uh, as a sacrifice. And so when it points to Jesus, what we have is this need for a perfect high priest because there was sinful high priest, right? There was high priest that had to make the sacrifice for their own sins. There's only one person without sin is Jesus. So Jesus is appointed high priest, the mediator by God. So he is the uh, ultimate high priest that does not have to offer a, a sacrifice for his sins because Jesus is without sin. Okay? And then the sacrifice has to be a spotless and blameless uh, animal. So by Jesus offering himself as the spotless and blameless sacrifice. Wow. Wow. Right? This perfect sacrifice covers so much more than the typical animal sacrifice. This high priest without sin is more effective, is so much more effective than the priest with sin. So by Jesus coming as God in the flesh, right? That's what Jesus is, Emmanuel. Christ came through the virgin, lived a sinless life, the perfect life, Demonstrating, demonstrated the life that a Christian is to have. A person with a person in relationship with God was demonstrated by Jesus on earth. And then ultimately what happened was is he offered himself as both the high priest and the blameless creature, the blameless sacrifice. So by Jesus dying on the cross as the high priest and the ultimate sacrifice, how much is that blood worth? How far does that sacrifice go for us? Knowing that in the same way that the first covenant was made, now the new covenant goes so much more and surpasses that. So with the tabernacle being the previous symbol of the temple of God, Jesus said that our bodies are now the temple of God. This invitation for more than just the typical Israelite, this this invitation for the Gentile now, this, this grafting of all into the one olive tree, this grafting of all into the one family, into the, into the one kingdom, through what? Through the repentance of your sins and through the faith and trust in Him as the Messiah, as the Lord of your life. That is the significance in the cross. That is why Jesus had to die on the cross, to be that fulfillment of the law, the fulfillment of all the things that was written in the Old Testament, these were fulfilled by Christ. You know, a typical thing people talk about is how when you look back in the Bible, they say, look back in the Bible and look at how many times the other people messed up and look at how many times, you know, these other people sinned and and went against God and disobeyed God. And while that is true, that is extremely powerful and inspiring to us today. But what we also have to see in that is the need for a perfect servant of God, for the need for this, this representative of God to come to fully represent God. And that's what Jesus did. He fulfilled the Old Testament. He fulfilled the law and declared the new covenant with him. This is what the scripture says, Hebrews 9, 13. It says, For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of the heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, Cleanse your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God. 
For this reason, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal heaven or the eternal inheritance. For where a covenant is, there must be or must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead, for it is never in force while the one who made it lives. Therefore, even the first covenant was not inaugurated without blood. For when, when every commandment had been spoken by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and the goats, and with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you. And in the same way, he sprinkled both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry with the blood. And according to the law, one may almost say all things are cleansed with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Therefore, it was necessary for the copies of these things in the heavens to be cleansed with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Hmm. See, it wasn't just a copy, uh, the tabernacle that, that Christ has entered for us through the sacrifice. He entered heaven itself at the right hand of God to intercede, to be the mediator for our sins. The power and the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross surpasses so much more of the animal sacrifices. Jesus has, it's topped it. The sacrifice has topped it. There's nothing more you need to do. There's no works you can do to obtain your salvation, only through your faith. But you work out your faith. You demonstrate your faith through the works, but it's not the works that get you in. It's not a sacrifice that, that you can do on top of what Jesus did. Jesus' sacrifice is the ultimate supplement. It's the ultimate uh, forgiveness, the ultimate sacrifice. You can't top it. Nobody can top it. Only God. He did what he did what was necessary. So now you give your life as the living sacrifice to him to live out the the life, the faith that you place in him as your lord. Before Jesus went to the cross, he gathered with his disciples to celebrate the feast of unleavened bread, the Passover. You may know it as the Lord's Supper. It was there that he washed their feet, demonstrated servanthood. But another thing he did also was is that he talked about what we call communion. He showed the symbolism part of the new covenant that was being established. The scripture says to do this in remembrance of me. And he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which has been broken for you. And then in the same way, he took a cup of wine and he said that this is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So if you'd like to, to uh, be a part of communion as we do this in honor and celebration of what our Lord has done, as we do this to say that we are taking part in this new covenant and that our faith is in Jesus, you can do so with me. So he took the bread and he broke it, and then he demonstrated the wine as the blood poured out. Just take your time with it and do it to just remember God to honor Christ and what he's done for you. Take this moment to just uh, experience him and give thanks to him. I'll give you a moment.
So as we take communion, we do this in remembrance of what Christ has done for us. For what Jesus did on the cross, we take communion in honor to partake in that and to uh, symbolically declare our faith in Him for what He's done. But there's another promise we also have to remember that Christ made, that He would come back for us, that there would be a second coming, and also it would be a day of judgment. This is what it says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3. Know this first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. For when they maintain this, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed, being flooded with water. But by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance." But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? Because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning, and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to His promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by Him in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our beloved, our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, wrote to you. So here we see that God's patience is so that we can all be redeemed and so that more can be saved. But it also says, that he'll come quickly. But it won't be as much for a th- as a coming for a thief for us because we know the season we're in and we know that he's coming soon. So guys, as we do this and remember what happened on the cross, let's also remember the quickness in his second coming and our uh, need to be readiness in our godly living and our righteous life to glorify him and to ultimately point to Him. So let's just close with a prayer with that. Father, we ultimately give You all the praise and glory uh, for Your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross so that we could be forgiven, so that we could come together as we are right now and just celebrate what You've done for us on the cross. God, we ask that You would just continue to guide us, to uh, soften our hearts, to humble us, Lord, and to bring us wisdom so that we can uh, just continuously walk in your way, being an ambassador for you, Lord. Help us live a righteous life that uh, glorifies you. Help us point towards you with our lives, Lord, uh, and just continue to lead us, continue to humble us uh, as we walk into sanctification. So we ask all this in the name of Jesus, Father. We glorify you, and we ask that you would continue to lead us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for joining. I hope you had a, a great communion service, and I hope to see you next week.